Simon. Thank you, Drew and Hannah, Jenna, for worship this morning. I trust that you're all encouraged and uh, and encouraged throughout the week as well. And so um, just before we hear Jim, I just wanted just to um, just follow on from what I shared briefly last week about the up in and out, encouraging you just to bring that before God, just check in with the Lord and just ask, you know, are we balanced? Are we keeping right with God in these three areas? And so this morning I wanted to focus on just one of those, and that was that's the in uh, focus. That's the in relationship with other believers. And um, one particular thing is, is just at, at EGCC, the community groups are at the core of who we are as church. That's how, and really what is keeping us going is not these uh, times on a Sunday that we sit around our TVs or our devices, but what's going on in the week, connecting with people, being in contact, praying for one another, sharing our hearts with one another um, and building one another up, but also in supporting one another um, and encouraging each other to go on with God and also to reach out. You know, these groups are really important to what we're doing. And, and that the vision for the church and missional communities is really based around developing and growing and making this um, reflection of the New Testament church we see in Acts live out in our daily lives in this culture. And so I want to encourage you, if you're not in a group, get in touch with me or get in touch with a group that you're that you, you know, interested in being a part of. Um, that's really important. And um, and also, if when you're in a group, what we really want is that each person has a home group. That is, they that is a group that they're committed to. Um, some may go to other groups, but what is the group that you are really devoting yourself to and devoting yourself to those people in that group? And what's really important about that is that the group is really needs, each community group needs to create a space where people can be themselves, be authentic about their situation and know that there are people walking with them. And um, and and that's what you don't get if you just simply attend in Bible studies or different things. You, people want to know, are these people formed? me and with me. Now, uh, we're not a large church, and so that's not to say that we can't get that in the larger um, way, but what we're building is that real sense of community. Um, there was, a, there was a, a point on the questionnaire, which is a very good point, which was basically, um, could all the Zoom rooms be advertised of, people, of all the different groups um, so that people can connect in? And the reason I haven't done that is because what what we we don't want is to just have lots of meetings. Um, groups really need to lead that and invite people in because they're building um, a, a sense of intimacy and uh, a space where people can be themselves. And if people are dropping in and out of that, um, it makes it very difficult to do that. Also, each group has a vision and a desire for what they want to do. So the groups will lead that and they will invite people in. And I think that's really important for the life of these groups. So again, if you're, if you're wanting to connect more, just get in touch with me and then we can look at what we can do. But um, first port call there, go back to your group and say, you know, how can we do more as a group? Is there room for doing more as a group? So um, just in that in, is how are you engaging with the church at the moment? Are you feeding in? Are you supporting? Are you giving in? Or are you just um, turning up um, to receive, as it were? Um, in what way can you serve those? And in which, in what way can you grow your group um, discipleship-wise, encouraging and sharing your hearts, really um, uh, encouraging people? So, um I trust that that's encouraging you and I want to um, really 
uh, ask this week that you just consider that before the Lord. Um, how are you doing as it relates to that in relationship with, with the church, particularly in relation to your community group? Um, so let's just, um, I'm going to pray for Jim now, and then we're going to hear what he says. Father, we thank you for Jim. We thank you for laying this word on his heart. And uh, we just thank you for the technology that's enabled us to be able to hear it. And Lord, we ask that you may move in our hearts. Lord, we want to keep growing in you. We want to be the church. And um, Father, pray that this word will just inspire us and minister to us, that we may uh, respond to it and uh, put into practice what Jim is bringing to us um, of you, Lord, this morning. So we just commit to you now in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, good morning, everyone. Um, welcome you to our uh, Sunday morning sermon. And uh, before I start, I'd just like, I wonder if we could just pray for a moment. Father, I just lift our time up to you, Lord. Ask, Lord, that you would speak to us, Lord, and that we would come away different from how we started listening. And pray, Lord, that we would be encouraged by your words. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, what I'd like to speak to you about this morning is ordinary people doing extraordinary things. The current coronavirus sweeping through our society, bringing fear, death, panic, and general despair to the world. We need the light of hope to break through the darkness and offer hope to people who are being bowed down by the invisible killer. So, what do we need in these days of adversity? We need sons and daughters of encouragement. We see through history catastrophic events that have paralysed people into fear, like car headlights to a scared rabbit. But for many, that is the normal life. Violent relationships, abuse, financial difficulties, depression. It is in these times that we need people who will stand up and be counted. Ordinary people, like ourselves, doing extraordinary things that bring hope with an inspiring spirit that can turn the tide from fear to faith. People like Martin Luther, John Bunyan, Charles Wesley, William Wilberforce, and Booth, but these well-known ones are not the only heroes of the cross that change lives. As we consider the march of the gospel throughout the world, there are those whose deeds will be recorded in heaven, but, never, uh, but not necessarily outside of their own community. They are the fathers who brought their children up in a godly manner, not only by their rules, but by their examples. The mothers, who prayed and wept for their children's souls. Other saints who knew God and could hear his call to go and love their neighbour. It is reported that William Booth, then a humble vicar, cried as he saw the wretched conditions of the poor in the East End of London. The sight so affected him that he left the security of a paid ministry in Nottingham to begin what was to become 
the Salvation Army. Another was William Wilberforce, who fought for years against slavery, saw his bill passed in Parliament, but never saw it coming into being. His bill, the Slavery Abortion Act, was passed in 1833, three days before his death. And I would like, as you listen to this message, you could probably think of many more who have inspired you personally. But I want us to consider those who in their own circles were effective in bringing the hope of salvation to people's lives in their own community. One such group was the City Mission. It was a movement started in Glasgow in January 1826, when David Naismith founded the Glasgow City Mission, now a worldwide mission. It was an interdenominational agency working alongside churches and other Christian agencies to provide for spiritual and material welfare of those in need. Personally, I remember being challenged to the core by the work of the Liverpool City Mission and reading through page after page of courageous exploits of so-called missionaries, so-called because they considered themselves as sent by God to serve the poor of Liverpool. They were ordinary local people who committed themselves to following Jesus, going out to souls living in overcrowded tenements of unspeakable squalor. What is encouraging about them is that they chose to work in their own community. The biblical inspiration for them came from what Jesus said in Luke chapter 4, verse 18. I have come to preach the gospel to the poor, freedom to the captives, to give sight to the blind and free those that suffer. The objective of these missions was not to have people relying for long term upon handouts, but to teach them skills in a Christian environment so they might gain release from poverty, addiction and other problems. For some people, this was not achievable, but they did what they could do. Now, the city mission movement is worldwide. But I'm sure those missionaries, when climbing the stairs in another squalid tenement block or going down into a dirt floored cellar that was home to starving, dying families, they had no vision for worldwide mission. They just wanted to serve the need that was set before them. For them, it was the next opportunity to tell someone and show someone their saviour. Of course, there are others who have left their mark on history and we thank God for them. But I've pointed out these ones because they all had something in common, their faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. We have to believe that God is the God of the impossible in our own communities and neighbourhoods. So, these moves of God that I've spoken of, are they just a thing of the past? No, certainly not. Not if you passionately believe that God can do anything 
through saint on earth. What of the Alpha Course, Food Bank, Street Pastors, the Amoeba Project, Christians Against Poverty? Ask about its humble beginnings in a rented back bedroom. And the songs of 60, why not? We used to sing a children's chorus. God can do anything, anytime, anywhere. God can do anything but fail. He's the Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end. Oh, if we had some people here, I'm sure we could sing it. But what I'm urging for us to do is to look at Jesus and not the circumstances. It's wonderful to realise we have it within us to change the world into a better place. I want to read Psalm 121. It's a great motivation for us as we aspire to fulfil God's great commission. I will lift my eyes to the hills from whence comes my help. My help comes from the Lord, who made heaven and earth. He will not allow your foot to be moved. He who keeps you will not slumber. Behold, he who keeps Israel shall neither slumber nor sleep. The Lord is your keeper. The Lord is your shade at your right hand. And the, the sun shall not strike you by day, nor the moon by night. The Lord shall preserve you from all evil. He shall preserve your soul. The Lord shall preserve your going out and your coming in from this time forth evermore. This is God encouraging us to go. The words of his book, the Bible, brings life and life in abundance. It can be our source of inspiration, our mentor, our comforter. Why? Because it's all about Jesus. In these days, we are seeing heroes in NHS and in communities. There is no, no end to the testimonies we hear, but recently we have been hearing some stirring stories of going people going the extra mile, ordinary people doing extraordinary things. I recently received a moving testimony sent by our close friend Marilyn from France. It shows how the effect Christians can have in the most stressful of circumstances. This is a personal statement written by an Italian doctor with corona victims in Italy. Never in the dark nightmares could I have imagined what I have seen and lived through here in our hospital during the past three weeks. The nightmare runs on. The river gets larger and larger. At the beginning, some people came, then the dozens, then the hundreds. And now we are no longer doctors, but we have become the selectors of the patients and we decide who will live and who will be sent home to die. Up to these last two weeks, my colleagues and I were atheists. It was normal because we're doctors, 
and we have learned that science excludes the presence of God. I always have laughed at my parents who went to church. Nine days ago, a 75-year-old priest came to see us. He was a gentle, kind man, and he had serious respiratory problems. But he had a Bible with him, and he impressed us when he read it to the dying and held their hands. We were all doctors who were tired, discouraged, psychologically and physically. But we came down to earth when we had the time to listen to him. Now, we must admit that insofar as we are human beings, we have reached our limits. We are not able to do more, but more and more patients are dying every day. And we are exhausted. Two of our colleagues have died and others have been infected. We have realised that we are in a situation where man is unable to do more. We have need of God and we have started to ask him to help us when we have a few free moments. As we talk amongst ourselves, we are unable to believe that we were committed atheists and that now each day we look to find peace, asking our Lord to help us to hold on so that we are able to take care of the sick. Yesterday, the 75-year-old priest died, in spite of more than 120 deaths in three weeks, at a time when we were completely exhausted and distraught. He was successful in bringing us a peace which we had never hoped to find again. The shepherd has gone to the father and soon we will follow him as long as this situation continues like this. I've not been home for six days for I do not know when I last ate. I realise my uselessness on this earth and I want to take my last breath in helping others. I am happy to have returned to God while I'm surrounded by the suffering and death of my fellow human beings. You see, our faith gives us a message of hope which transcends all that people are doing. You see, my precious friends, we have a message of hope within, not in our capabilities nor eloquence, but by the hope of Christ within us, the hope of glory. All that we need to do is to be vessels fit and ready for the master's use. The opportunity to do good in the midst of evil is upon us, probably in a way that God willing, we might never see again. Let us grasp the now. Let's go beyond our own comfort zone in such a way that when asked about these times in future, we can say, we saw God move so powerfully in our lives and the community that we shall never forget the experience. Or we can talk about how God moved in somebody else's life and have no testimony of our own. Let us seize the day. Don't let the enemy rob us of experiencing God's love pouring through us into the lives of desperate people. Like the killer virus, fear and anxiety cannot be seen from outside a home in lockdown. 
Only the Holy Spirit can break through these barriers that separates people from salvation. So I ask myself, so what is different about what we offer to our community? What is it we can offer society that is not already being done? Firstly, we can offer the greatest hero of them all, Jesus Christ. When we consider the Lord Jesus Christ, the rise from obscurity to having a following of millions is nothing less than the greatest miracle ever seen. His radius of travel was very small. He had no home of his own, no money, no positions and no army. He wrote no memoirs and left no dynasty. He was crucified at the request of his own people and deserted by his friends. He had declared, if you want to be my disciple, take up your cross and follow me. Yet within a short time after his crucifixion and resurrection, the Holy Spirit came and amazingly Jesus had 5,000 followers. Now, 2,000 years later, the same message of all who call upon his name shall be saved has brought eternal life to countless millions. What a saviour. So where do we fit in to all this? Well, it's our choice. If born again, we have the same spirit in us as every Christian that has ever drawn breath. God has no favourites, only children. Of course, he might have called you at this time to get a personal relationship with him or be a good parent to get our lives in order. But when the desire to serve has come, he will speak. Many have spoken to, to by God to do what seems the impossible. And their reply has often been, who, me? Surely not. But somehow they trusted God and found him to be utterly faithful. There is a wonderful example of obedience to God, opening doors for ordinary fishermen. We read about in the Bible, in Luke chapter 5. Verses 1 to 11. Now it was, so it was, as the multitude pressed about him to hear the word of God, that he stood by the lake Gennesaret and saw two boats standing by the lake. But the fishermen had gone from them and were washing their nets. Then he got into one of the boats, which was Simon's, and asked him to put out a little from the land. And he sat down and taught the multitude from the boat. Now when he had stopped speaking, he said to Simon, launch out into the deep and let down your nets for a catch. But Simon answered him and said to him, Master, we have told all night and caught nothing. Nevertheless, at your word, I will let down the net. And when they had done this, they caught a great number of fish and their net was breaking. So they signaled to their partners in the other boats to come and help them. And they came and filled both the boats so that they began to sink. 
When Simon Peter saw it, he fell down at Jesus' knees, saying, Depart from me, for I am a sinful man, O Lord. For he and all were with him were astonished at the catch of fish that they had taken. And so also were James and John and the sons of Zebedee, who were partners with Simon. And Jesus said to Simon, Do not be afraid. From now on, you will catch men. So when they had brought their boats to land, they forsook all and followed him. They left everything to follow Jesus. Jesus said, we will do greater things than he did. Let's consider some of the things achieved from small beginnings. Take CAP, Christians Against Poverty. John Kirkby, founder of CAP, had messed up big time. He was doing well and prospering, a house and family. He made some bad decisions and gradually landed up losing his business, his family and his home. Everything had gone and he was in a bad place. Then he met Jesus. Started going to a church and renting a small bedroom in a friend's house. He had met Jesus at his lowest ebb and the tide was about to turn. In his bedroom, John had a vision of helping people to get out of debt. He shared his vision with some people who were praying with him in his tiny room. One prayer meeting, an older lady, as she was on her way out, she thrust a £20 note into his hand and said, this is to start you fulfilling your vision. Years later, many have been helped by CAP and it continues to transform people's lives throughout the world. Several of us have been up to Bradford and been won over by the way God has moved through the mission. Every time someone comes to Christ through the CAP charity, a bell is rung in their headquarters and all the staff stop work and praise God for a new soul saved from hell. Praise God for these amazing stories. I mean, that's just one of myriads of testimonies of how God has done the impossible in this world. Of course, we won't hear them in the media, but they are happening all over the world to all kinds of people. Miracles and conversions happen throughout the world and continue to happen right now. But I promise you they are going on. We sometimes need our eyes and hearts refreshed to the truth to realise how God is moving and changing lives by doing the impossible. Praise God. Let's look to God for our future. Let's look to God and say, Lord, how can I help in this pandemic? What can we do as people of God? How can we change the situations? And I promise you, you will do extraordinary things because you've been faithful to God. So I hope that encourages you to listen to him, to ask him 
what he would have you do. Be empty vessels for the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Now, I'd just like to say a word to those who might be watching for the first time. If this sermon has challenged you to wonder if God can save you, then I would ask, no, beg you to go and ask God into your life. Right now, in the privacy of your own home. If you are wanting some hope and purpose in your life, an eternal life, then dare to trust in Jesus Christ. God can come right to you now by his Holy Spirit. Follow the example of many who have said to God, show me you are real God. It's what I did many years ago. And he came and he transformed my life into one with hope, with purpose and with everlasting life. Let us pray. Father, I just want to commit our time to you, Lord. I thank you for the saints that have gone before. I thank you for those whose footsteps we can tread. Lord, and I just pray this morning that we would have heard your voice and that you would be speaking to everyone. Lord God, fill us with your Holy Spirit. Father, that we might be of value to our people, our society, our community. But more than that, that we might be of value to you. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Jim. And uh, just want to encourage you, let's be doers of the word and not hearers only. Um, it's, uh, it's encouraging to just hear what God is saying and following um, that we've just got a few testimonies and so let's just listen to these testimonies what God's been doing in people's lives this week Hello, this week the Lord has been speaking to me about listening listening to him and sometimes it's hard to listen to the Lord in this world with all of what goes on and um, so when I heard John when I heard about John's uh, message to, on the group saying to do a couple of minute testimony this week I, I was like a initially I was like a dog wagging its tail with its tongue out running about thinking right I want to do it I want to send it today and all the rest of it I wasn't really you know sitting back and taking it all in and but then I was racking my brain thinking what am I going to put what am I going to put and but all the time the Lord was just saying listen <laughs> So I did listen eventually. Sometimes it's hard. And uh, sometimes we're sort of led by the flesh, you know, rather than the Holy Spirit. When, when I'm wanting to um, write something down, you know, I'm writing and writing and I'm like, oh, I'll put it down, walk off and I'm writing. But, you know, sometimes it's better when the Holy Spirit just sort of takes over and you let it, let it lead. But, uh, yeah, that is my testimony today. And the scripture that actually does bring to mind is uh, James chapter 1, verse 19. Hearing and doing. Remember this, my dear brothers. Everyone must be quick to listen, but slow to speak and slow to become angry. So, yeah. So... The overall point 
is the Lord has been telling me to listen this week. Amen. God bless. Praise the Lord. Hello, everyone. Hi. I just want to um, give praise to the Lord for helping us to discover some of the treasures of darkness, the riches stored in secret places in this difficult time we're living in. And um, I'm sure we've all learnt to have to problem solve and be innovative. And, and a few things we've found really helpful is to try and find that creative um, space. So I've been enjoying going to the allotment and at least I can talk to people as they pass by at a safe distance. And that's been a great consolation to be able to dig and remove all the, the weeds and the stones from my allotment. And I think maybe that's what the Lord's doing in our lives. He's digging everything up, turning it upside down to remove all those things that are unhelpful and the sin that so easily entangles us. And um, and like everyone, the only way you can really see a face or hear the voice is through the cloud meetings with Zoom. And I've just been so blessed with the Calvary Road Zoom uh, meetings. It's a real highlight of the week. And also we've once a week we have a family Zoom. And considering I've got one son in Edinburgh, another in Austin with his lovely wife who's expecting a baby in a couple of months. <coughs> Great to be able to con Excuse me. Yeah, get to know them a bit better really and communicate. I've um, been doing some music with uh, the Celtic Hearts. Uh, which I hope to get out to everybody and uh, brushing up on my flute <laughs> which I learnt as a child and uh, spending time echoing everything else that Joanna said and also I've just been learning to do a few little movement videos which I'm sharing with some of my Pilates um, ladies and gents and um, I've had opportunity to tell them about the church online that Eltham Green is doing and, and there's been a real interest in that so just thank you for all the creative things you're doing in jesus name amen amen <laughs> hi everyone it's Teresa here just want to say that this lockdown um situation has been a really positive experience for me um i've really found that god's been speaking to me clearly about some of the issues in my life and how to deal with them um also i've been really financially blessed this month with an extra £103 in my benefit payment, um, which is completely, doesn't make sense, but yeah, just really grateful to God for that. And yeah, I've just really been enjoying the sunshine and I've been making use of my balcony and yeah, just feeling really positive and blessed and yeah, just wanted to share that with you. Thank you. Thanks for listening. Hello everyone. Just a quick testimony from me. Um, on the 23rd of March, when Boris made his announcement about the lockdown, um, I went to bed and I was really didn't sleep very well. I felt quite worried about everything. And then um, the words of um, Sister Julian of Norwich came into my head. All shall be well and all shall be well and all manner of things shall be well. And since that time, that's come into my head, I've felt a lot, lot calmer and um, really haven't found being in lockdown too stressful. Um, obviously, I've had work that's kept me busy and um, the boys and Becky keep me occupied and busy as well. So I feel very blessed. 
So thanks for that guys, really encouraging. And if you've got a testimony, please get it on your phone, send it over, um, just make sure your face is nice and light so people can see you and speak nice and clearly into the camera. It's gonna be brilliant just to hear what your what God is doing in your life. So send that over. Um, now I'm just gonna do some, test, uh, some notices. So this evening we are gathering together at 7 p.m. to come to pray. Um, it will be great if you could come just a little bit before 7 so that we can see your wonderful faces again. Um, it's wonderful to be able to come and uh, see God's face together and his will in the way um, that he wants us to pray in this particular time and those things that are on our hearts. So do join us. It is, it is an encouraging and blessed time and uh, we look forward to seeing you this evening at 7pm. Then on Monday, us ladies... Uh, have a fantastic time uh, of being able to come and uh, join each other again uh, with Debbie and the wonderful ladies uh, at 11am where we can bring our tea, our coffee uh, and we can encourage and we can inspire each other through our uh, time in this season that we find ourselves in, in encouragement um, in our everyday lives, in our um, coping with being able to shop online or all the different things that us ladies um, have to get up to in our every day. So it'd be great to see you. So that's Monday at 11am. Um, sorry, just thinking about women coping with shopping online. I just uh, <laughs> got a bit distracted. Um, thank as well that we're going to be doing um, Wednesday morning. Uh, just felt on my heart that to pray for particularly um, and awaken amongst uh, people in our community who don't know Jesus. And mm. so I just wanted to gather anyone who's welcome, half past eight, on Zoom obviously, Wednesday morning, just pray for now for half an hour, we'll see how it goes. Um, but particularly on that, just really interceding and seeking God to awake hearts in our community of those who don't know Jesus. Yeah. Particularly also my heart is this, is this sense that God wants to raise up the next generation of uh, evangelists and ministers who are going to be used mightily in our local estates and community. So if you want to join me that, if that's in your heart to pray for them, uh, please come along then. That's half past eight on Wednesday. So Coffee Chats is changing. We are going to be doing Christianity Explore course and it starts at 11 o'clock on Thursday. So please do pray for us in this time. And if you are interested and would like to be a part of it, don't worry um, if you're thinking, um, I don't need to do a Christianity Explored. You know, I kind of know it. But um, just just join us and uh, and see where God takes this. But yeah, definitely pray Pray for us. So if you do want to join with us, get in touch with um, John or Becky um, and they can give you more details about it. So that's mm. 11 o'clock on Thursday. And uh, also Thursday, 9 o'clock in the morning, fellas, it's um, following this Code Life discussion. It's been really good the last couple of weeks. I want to encourage you guys who haven't been yet to come along. Um, you can just listen. Um, it's uh, it's pretty low key. We just chat together, and um, it's it's been really encouraging. It's good for um, to just get together with other men and encourage one another. So that's at nine o'clock. All these details are in the email that I sent out. If you're not getting the emails, um, just check your spam folder. If you don't know what that is, um, then let me know. I can see how I can help you. Um, but some some of our emails apparently might be going into spam folders. Or so, but usually mm. I'll send out the email on a Friday morning. So check your inboxes uh, for Friday and see if you can see it. But other than that, it's been a great day and um, a great um, morning. And um, 
again, just encourage you, consider the in relationship. Mm. Seek God this week as to how you can be involved um, with uh, just blessing and supporting and serving those in the church. Um, but other than that, the Lord bless you and we'll see you soon.